Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad you are here today with me. It's another advice from a CEO episode. And today I want to talk about emotional strength, why you need to have emotional strength to become an executive leader. For sure, if you want to get to the C-suite, emotional strength is really all about how you handle stress. I was talking to a bunch of female leaders recently, and we were talking about, you know, how do we get through all of the pressure that you have as a leader trying to balance family, personal life, well-being, and stress management is something that is just a topic that is on everybody's mind. And, and it certainly was with these ladies as we were discussing, you know, how to be better at how to get better at leadership, how to uh, to be more successful, and how to achieve all the things that we want. So it got me to thinking about emotional strength and really how it can set leaders apart, the very best from the ones who just don't quite ever make it to where they want to be. Uh, I also just did a leadership competency model with a consultant, and emotional strength was a very high priority. And that makes sense, right? It is so stressful. Every leader is getting thrown curveballs constantly, and uh, there's so much change, so much volatility that you can't break down. Like you always have to figure out how to persevere and be strong and get through things. And it doesn't mean that as a leader, you don't have those feelings. It doesn't mean that you don't go home and maybe sometimes just break down and cry. I know I certainly have, or, you know, have to go blow off steam or accidentally lose your mind over something because you are so stressed. But to be really exceptional at your job, you have to figure out how to build up your emotional strength and handle stress really, really well. So today I want to give my tips on how to build emotional strength and how to be better at handling yourself when you get really stressed, ideally to reduce your stress. After 15 years of running Stone Age uh, and raising a family and doing all the other things that I do, podcasting, writing, all of those things, I've learned how to manage my stress. And I've also learned how to just not let things stress me out so much. And that's what I want to share with you. So the first thing is I prioritize myself. And I know this is a foreign concept to so many people, and it may sound selfish, but it is not. If you are not taking care of yourself, you cannot take care of other people. So I absolutely prioritize exercise. For me, getting uh, a workout in every day is imperative for me being, I don't know, tolerable to even be around. And so I prioritize that. I make decisions in my life so that I can get up and work out early every morning. I go to bed early at night. I do not work past six o'clock unless I absolutely have to. So I can spend time with my family and get to bed early so that I can get that workout in in the morning. I prioritize myself. I make sure that I block off time on my calendar so that I have chunks of time to get work done where I'm not just in meeting after meeting after meeting. That is prioritizing yourself when you do things like that. And I suggest self-care, getting a massage every week or every other week or meditation or yeah, acupuncture or, you know, whatever it is that you're is your stress relief, prioritize it. That's the only way that you can manage stress is if you were doing things that make you feel good about yourself or make you feel better every single day. 
If you want to be an exceptional leader, you have to do this. You just cannot push and push and push until you burn out, until you lose your mind over something, react in a way that you don't want to. Or you know what? Just say, I quit. I can't do this anymore. This is not the life I want to lead. And then all of the people who are relying on you to lead your company, lead your team, you know, they're left without you and the world needs you. So prioritize yourself. That's the first one. The second one is you have to be really clear about what you want. I listen to people talk about their lives and their stresses and maybe how unhappy they are, but I also don't see them being willing to make the changes. And part of that is, is because they don't know what they want. And when you know what you want, you can prioritize that and you can make different choices in your life to say no to things that don't help you get on that path. So for me, I know very clearly what I want. I want to grow my my company to, you know, a certain valuation, uh, fast growth. I want to learn M&A so that I can acquire new companies and really fit them into our organization really, really well, better than any other leader can. That's my mission. I want to write a book. I did write a book. It's going to be coming out later this year. I wanted to start a podcast because I want to create this whole idea around thought leadership. I know what I want. I want to be a great mom. Uh, so that's what I, I prioritize. I am crystal clear about what I want. I even have all of these things written in my iPhone on my notes so that I can look at them so I can remember, hey, this is what's most important to me. And why that's so important is that when you know what you want, you can say no to other things. So for example, I often feel guilty that I don't volunteer in my community more. Community building is absolutely something that's important to me, but I want to give my time to my family, to my business, and to creating my speaking and writing platform so that I can hopefully make a bigger impact on the world. And so I have to say no to those things because it doesn't fit into my three, four, five-year vision. I can do that later on in my life. And so being really clear of what you want helps you manage your stress because then you can say, okay, I want to do this. I want to be this. And if I do these things or don't do these things, it's going to help me or not. So get really clear on what you want. The other thing is no is a complete sentence. You have to be okay with saying no. And I get it. You feel guilty when you say no. Maybe some of you don't. You're so lucky if you're that person. Um, I certainly know that I say I feel guilty when I say I can't do things, but I, I never want to go into any commitment feeling one resentful that I said yes to it. Going, oh, Why did I do this? Because that's not good for me. And that's not good for the person who I committed to. And two, I don't want to overcommit myself so that I can have time to work on the things that are important to me to help me achieve that vision. So it's okay to say no. And you don't have to make up excuses. Do not lie. Tell the truth about why you're saying no. Telling those little white lies might make it easier in the moment, but it doesn't make you feel good about yourself. It's okay to just say no. And that's a complete sentence. The next thing is focus. Focus, focus, focus. The only way that I'm able to manage my stress with all of the things that are going on is that I stay focused. I plan out my day. I use Asana to keep track of the things that I need to get done in a given week. Um, sometimes I break it down by the day. And I love it when I click the box and like the little unicorn who like, I don't know, sprinkles rainbows everywhere comes out uh, and makes me feel like, oh, good, I accomplished something today. 
and it helps me stay focused. But if you're letting yourself get distracted by ugh, phone calls coming in, emails popping up, text messages, the TV calling you, you are not going to achieve what you want. And it actually makes you feel more stressed. So stay focused, at least in those, you know, eight hours of day that you're that you're working. Make sure that you are working on the most important things and don't let those distractions come in. The other thing about developing emotional strength is that you have to stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I know that that might sound a little, I don't know, harsh, but you just cannot feel sorry for yourself. I mean, maybe you can wallow for a minute or two, but you are a leader and you have a responsibility to lead with grace to lead with gratitude and to show people what it's like to be able to handle the hard stuff, to not to get tough feedback, to make a mistake, to have a setback and bounce back. And if you wallow and you feel sorry for yourself and you tell everybody like, oh, this happened and da, 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 like that is not emotional strength. Like you have to be able to suck it up and and not take things so personally and really develop a tough skin. And the only way to do that is to practice at it. A long time ago, when I first started my leadership journey, I used to get my feelings hurt about the little things. And as I realized, like, I have really important stuff to do. Like, why am I getting bogged down in this little thing? And I started to realize, like, hey, this is just what comes with leadership. And that's okay. This is what comes with leadership. I'm just going to let that go. This is not something that is is worth me getting upset about or ruminating on. Rumination is probably the number one thing that stresses leaders out the most. Honestly, it is because we ruminate on something. We ruminate on a mistake. We ruminate on a hard conversation we have to have. We ruminate on a decision that we have to make and we sit there and we spin and we spin and we spin. And that is the primary reason that we feel stress. Now, we can also feel stressed because we have too much on our plates, which is why we need to say no, or maybe because we feel like we have imposter syndrome, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But you have to understand where your stress comes from so that you can stop feeling sorry for yourself, that you can stop spinning, you can toughen up. I promise you that you're going to have more tough things to deal with in the future. So you might as well learn how to let those things go. Go for a run. Forgive yourself. You know, talk to somebody. Do whatever you need to do to let it go so that you stop feeling sorry for yourself. But you're a leader. You have a responsibility. That's your job is to be able to let things go. The next thing is learn about your triggers. This helped me so much. I started working with a life coach who taught me about the Enneagram, which is the most profound personality assessment that I have found. And I love it because it teaches you about your triggers that, that pull you into lower levels of health. So it's not about fixing yourself or changing. It's really about understanding those triggers so that you can live a more fulfilled life. And so when I started to realize what my triggers were, then I could, let, I could see them coming and I could laugh at them a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, that, that's what triggered me again. And it really helped me learn how to break the pattern of getting upset about something or being stressed about something and how to manage it. So it's really important to work with a coach or um, or some other professional or just do some self-reflecting, some soul searching about why does this stuff really bother me and how can I let it go? Uh, because that will help you become more emotionally strong when you know this is what triggers me and why and makes it easier to let it go. 
Finally, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to delegate things. A girlfriend of mine is just getting married and she was so stressed about all the things that she has to do. And she said, what finally broke, what made me break down was I was like, I have to ask for help. So she asked me, hey, will you make the playlist for, you know, a portion of the weekend? And I said, absolutely. I love to make playlists and I'm happy to do that. So, you know, in a couple of hours, I whipped out a playlist for her. It reduced her stress because she just asked for help. Now, that might seem like a non-leadership type story, but it's something that's so easy. When we practice in our lives like that, asking people for help, delegating uh, some of the work that is stressing us out, it does help us become better leaders. So don't be afraid to delegate. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, I can't do this. You know, will you help me prioritize? Will you take this off of my plate? Or is it okay if we just don't do this anymore? Um, asking for help will absolutely help you become stronger. And the last thing I want to talk about is imposter syndrome. I give a keynote speech on imposter syndrome, and I think it's really important. And a lot of people might say, oh, imposter syndrome, really? Like, you know, that's, I mean, is it that big of a deal? And I absolutely think it is a thorn in every leader's side, which makes it a thorn in every organization's side. It diminishes our effectiveness when we are constantly feeling like I'm not good enough. It makes us do things that we wouldn't normally do, right? Maybe tell a little white lie, maybe cut a little corner. Those things then just build up and make us feel worse about ourselves. Imposter syndrome is real, but imposter syndrome isn't real. It's okay to not know how to do something. It's okay to feel insecure about something. It's okay to go, I don't know what I'm doing. What's not okay is faking it till you make it. That only adds to our stress. It doesn't allow us to be our authentic selves. It does make us do things that aren't alignment, in alignment with our values, and that does not equal emotional strength. I know that there are many, many, many things that I'm not good at, and I certainly go, Ugh, when I have an amazing person on my team who excels in an area that I don't, I have felt that way, feeling like, oh, I've got to work on that. I need to be good at that too. No, I need to be good at what I'm good at. And it's okay to not be good at everything. Nobody is. And I'm going to speak up and I'm going to say, I'm not that great at that. Can you do that? Because you are a rock star at it. And I think as you develop your emotional strength as a leader and you develop your self-confidence as a leader, you'll realize that it's okay to embrace your flaws. It's okay to say, I'm not good at these things and let the good parts shine through. When you are doing work that is in alignment with your values, your purpose, and your skills and talents, it's so much easier to let the stress go. It is easier to build emotional strength. If you are doing things that you are not good at, that you are feeling like you have to fake it until you make it, you're not building emotional strength. You are actually diminishing your effectiveness and bringing more stress into your life. So that's my comments on imposter syndrome. If you are interested in hearing more, reach out to me. I would be happy to come in and talk to your leadership team, your organization about this, because I really do believe it is a big part of emotional strength and why leaders fail is because they try to hide their flaws and they fake it till they make it. And that does not lead to success. Okay. 
That's my uh, advice from a CEO. Now for my question of the week. My question of the week comes from one of my employees who says, how do I get better at giving presentations? So a great question, something that we all need to be able to do because no matter what, we're always presenting, right? You're always selling, as some people say. So being able to give a good presentation, whether it's a PowerPoint in front of a team or your company, or whether you're just presenting your idea in a group, it's really important to have those good presentation skills. So my first tip is speak on something that you know, right? That makes it so much easier. If you are presenting uh, something that you don't believe in, something that you don't understand, it's going to make it harder. So if you want to share an idea, present an idea, make sure you've done your research. If you're going to present on something in your company, make sure that it's in your department and that you really know it inside and out. If you're giving a keynote, then talk about what you are passionate about because that's what people want to hear is something that they can relate to and that feels real and authentic coming from you. The second thing is, is make sure you always tell a story, right? It's, it, it, even if you are trying to give facts, people want to relate to stories. This is why this is important. This is what might happen if we don't consider these things. Giving just straight facts is not compelling to anyone. So even if it is just cut and dry, you know, presentation, figure out how to weave the why in it, like what might happen you know, the trade-offs, the risks, the highs, the lows, it will make your story, your presentation so much more compelling. The next thing is use your voice inflection. Nobody wants to listen to a presenta uh, presentation that just has a very monotone kind of thing. Using your voice inflection really helps. When something's really exciting, talk about it. When something's tough, yeah, it's gonna be tough and we need to address this. You know, that matters. That helps bring people in. So think about your voice inflection as you're telling that story, as you're giving your presentation. The next thing is practice. That always helps, but you don't want to come across as scripted. So you know your, your topic and you have your points there, but be authentic. Nobody expects you to be perfect. In fact, they don't want you to be perfect. I flub stuff all the time. It's more important for me to be real and it's more important for you to be real too. So be prepared, practice, but be yourself. Do not read, don't script it. That is not compelling to people. You need to feel comfortable enough with your topic, know it enough to be able to say, hey, these are the important things and this is why. And practice will help you with that. The final thing is watch yourself. Go back and watch a video of your presentation. It's painful. It is not the most fun thing to do, but it will help you understand if you're telling a compelling story. It will help you see if you're using voice inflection uh, effectively. It will help you see if you do sound scripted or if you didn't share that story. So if you want to get better at it, and as a leader, and especially as an executive leader, you've got to hone in your presentation skills and going back and watching yourself, however bad it sucks, it's really important to do. Okay, that is advice from a CEO on Reflect Forward today. I hope that that was helpful and I look forward to hosting you for our next one. And if you like this podcast and videocast, please like, 
subscribe, share. I have this on YouTube now, so please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Rate, write a review. Those are always so helpful uh, for getting the word out. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.